This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, the lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why you should give your memory a break, and we'll ask the question, what kind of procrastinator are you? I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and the five senses. I am back in my little home office here in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, the dog lover, Elizabeth Kraft. (laughs) That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, speaking of L.A., you know, I love Fryman Canyon, and I just went hiking on Fryman Canyon so if I look uh, sweaty um, to anybody watching on YouTube, yeah. apologies. <laughs> but, you know, I had to get in my steps and here I am yeah. post-workout. Well, this is the thing. Now that we have YouTube, we're like keeping it real a little yes. bit. Uh, they, there's that old joke about yes. having a face for radio. And uh, that was always yes. an advantage with podcasting. But now yes. we're on YouTube. Yes, I did put on lip gloss. So there's that. There's that. Before we launch in, the fifth anniversary of my book, The Four Tendencies, is coming up in September, and we're going to do some episodes going even deeper than usual into The Four Tendencies. So if you have not taken the quiz to find out if you're an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel, go ahead and take the quiz. You can go to GretchenRubin.com slash four tendencies, F-O-U-R tendencies, or really you can just Google Gretchen Rubin quiz and you'll find it. Also, you might want to go ahead and read the book because what I find is, because we'll be talking about it, and when you take the quiz, you find out your own tendency. But what people often find just as valuable or maybe more valuable Mm -hmm. is getting insight into other people's tendencies, whether that's your boss or your coworker or a sweetheart or a child or a client or a student. A lot of times understanding someone else's tendency is just as helpful. For sure. 
Also, last week we had our very special episode that was all about our hacks and listeners' hacks, tips, ideas for how to get happier at work for the upcoming hashtag Happier Labor Day. Every year we talk about using the American holiday of Labor Day as a day to think about our own labor, our own work, and how to make our work lives happier. Alyssa, so often we talk about looking for catalysts for reflection because it's so easy just to forget to step back in our everyday lives and, and ask ourselves these big questions. So Happier Labor Day is on the calendar of Catalysts, Catalysts for Reflection. And if you want the calendar of Catalysts, you can get the free PDF by going to happiercast.com slash catalysts. And if you have more ideas for Catalysts, send them my way because Mm -hmm. I love a great Catalyst for Reflection. Yes, Gretchen, I have been thinking about my Happier Labor Day, so I will have thoughts to share. Right. You're at a transition point right now, so it's it's particularly helpful. So this week, our Try This at Home tip is to give your memory a break. Yeah. So explain what this means, Gretch. Well, listen, actually, you inspired this because a while back, you were talking about how you had so much going on that you made a couple of big mistakes in your schedule. Usually, you can keep it all in your head, but you had so much going on. A Season two of Fantasy Island was just taking everything you had. You kind of created some problems for yourself because you agreed to things that you couldn't do. And it, once you start yes. something like that, it's very hard to unwind it. And uh, we've all done it. Yes. And so you were saying how you thought that you were going to have to start using an actual calendar, which you which you really don't do. You really are good at keeping in your in your head. Yes. For my own events. Now, I will say in the past few years, when I have like a million work meetings, right. obviously that's on the calendar. But if I'm like, oh, Saturday night, I'm doing this. Oh, I have a doctor's appointment on Monday. Those types of things I've always been able to keep in my head. And as you said, that lately has has not worked out so well for me. So yes. And I have been keeping a calendar and consulting it makes me feel very grown up checking my calendar. Well, I mean, on the one hand, you could say, well, it's impressive to be able to keep it in your head. But on the other hand, that is just that's just work that you have to do. It's taxing. And I think, you know, now when more people now more than ever seem like they're feeling drained or overwhelmed, one way you can make your life feel easier is to externalize these kinds of things. And so instead of trying to keep it all running in your head, just to say, I'm going to commit to writing it down and using an external calendar. Now, I do this and it's a little bit of a pain to to be like, I cannot say one thing about my calendar unless I look, but I've really trained everybody in my life. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to agree to something on the spot. I'm not, you can't say to me, are we free next Tuesday night? Or can I, can I do this next Saturday? Because I'm like, I have to look. And it really, it seems like more work when you feel yourself having to consult, but it means that I don't try to keep that stuff in my head. And I really do think that overall it makes me feel lighter and freer and sort of less overwhelmed. Yeah. And it's not just calendars, Gretchen. I mean, I have taken now, I used to, again, be convinced I could remember all my different passwords. Yes. Passwords. I now write down a password on a sticky note and I put it on my computer. I have several different passwords stuck to my computer because I got so tired of having to reset my password because I didn't remember it. So finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write this down, give my memory a break, like you're saying. And then I can look over and I'm like, oh, look, there's my password. So that has made me very happy. But I have to break in and say what I know many listeners are, are, in their, are saying like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. 
You should use a password keeper, an online password keeper. I know. I use one password. There are many good ones. Then you can share it. So you and Adam would know your Netflix password or whatever. I know I should, Gretch. We even had this as a hack, but I have not yet adopted that particular technology. I need to, but at least I'm now writing them down on sticky notes. Well, yes. I mean, because the idea is just get it at, like, don't have it be something that you have to be tracking in your head. Yes. And this can be things like keeping a list on your phone instead of trying to remember everything that you're getting from the grocery store. I mean, for one thing, you have less risk of the annoyance of, oh, I forgot that one thing. You know, I got 10 yeah. things, but I forgot the one. But it also, it just makes things easier. And so sometimes you can use mnemonics for this. For instance, so I, I think I mentioned this before. I'm so proud of this. So I have contact lenses. I have what's called monovision, which is not a good name for it. But anyway, it means that one eye is sort of overcorrected and one eye is undercorrected. That helps me with near and far vision. But one of them was was negative seven and one was negative 8.5. But which which is which? Which is left? Which is right? So I started out noting it. And then I was like, let me get this out of my memory and into the world. Mm. And I did it through a mnemonic, which was negative seven is like an L if you turn it upside down. So it's like an L for left. Now it actually is negative 6.5. But now I remember that 6.5 is closer to seven and that's the L. So, but it means that I don't have to like think about it because the mnemonic does it for me. Yes, that's a great uh, technique. And I will say, Rich, another area where it is so important not to rely on your memory is if you have a good thought, like a good idea. And this is, I mean, I cannot tell you, even if there's two of us, if Sarah and I are talking, like say on a hike, and we come up with a good idea, even if we're both there and say, that's a great (laughs) idea, let's remember that. And Sony says, like, there's no way we'll forget this idea. We'll get back to our car what was that idea? I have no idea. And it makes us so frustrated. So now we stop and we put it into our phones. Or if I wake up in the middle of the night, like with an idea about a story, I've discussed this on the podcast and a really thoughtful listener actually sent me a pad and a pen with a little flashlight and I put it next to my bed so that even in the middle of the night, I can write it down I do find uh, great ideas in the middle of the night. Sometimes in the morning you go, oh, that oh, wasn't such a great oh, 100%. idea. But at least you remember it and you're not haunted by yes. it. Yes. And sometimes it is a great idea. Or you, in the middle of the night, write down something like, oh, I need to go to the pharmacy. Something, you know, a reminder. Right, right. But yes, there is no question that relying on one's memory is more taxing and leads to... Uh, those really annoying bouts of regret that you didn't write something down. Well, I mean, I had exactly the same thing. I woke up and I often will be like editing in my sleep. I'll like edit in my dreams and, um, yes. and sometimes I'll solve problems that have been annoying me. And I had one where I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, oh, I have the perfect word. I've been searching, searching and searching for the perfect word. Oh my gosh. I wrote it down. I felt such elation. I woke up in the morning and the word was enduring, which was a word that I had been considering. Like it was already oh, on the list. wasn't a new word. Yeah. So I was like, oh no, my dream was that I had solved the problem. It wasn't that uh, I had actually solved the problem. But but you're right. But uh, the problem is if I hadn't written it down, then I would have felt this enormous regret thinking I solved this problem, 
but I just don't remember yes. it instead of realizing, oh, yeah, too bad. It w- That would have made you feel worse oh, than absolutely. realizing it actually wasn't the right oh, word. Oh, absolutely. Because then I would have just spent yes. all the time trying to recollect it. Going, what was the word? Yes. Yeah. Not realizing you actually hadn't come up yeah. with it. Yeah. Did you ever come up with that? Of course, now I have to ask. No. Did you ever no. come up with that word? No. You just restructured the sentence. Yeah, I probably. Yeah, maybe yeah. I wrote around it. I do that sometimes, just like change right. the whole sentence so that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I do that, Gretch, because I don't know how to spell calendar. I can never remember, so I'll write anything not to have to write the word calendar. But anyway, you can put I schedule. Uh, yeah, that that's what I often do. <laughs> anyway, not relevant to our discussion. Yeah, I can't spell khaki. So, yeah. Yeah. We've all got those words. She knows. Yes. Uh, let us know if you do try this at home and how giving your memory a break works for you. How and how did you give your memory a break and what did you take a break from? Uh, it'll be very interesting to hear other people's experiences. Let us know on Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is episode 391. So this is happiercast.com slash 391 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a hack that can make your day more pleasant. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Okay, Elizabeth, for a hack. Now, one mini theme that we have going is how you can sometimes make your life happier, healthier, more productive, more efficient, more creative by just changing the time of day in which you do an activity. I think for a lot of us, we sort of assume that certain activities happen at certain times, but depending on your individual schedule and also your, your individual energy rhythms, you might find it better to do something at a different time. Like I remember Tiffany Dufu was like, oh, I dance for exercise at midnight. Yes. And you're like, yes, that's not, that's unconventional. Wouldn't have thought of that. Right. But it works for yeah. her. So she changed the day part. And we have a listener who figured out another way to make her life happier by changing the time of day. Yes. This comes from Amanda. She says, we have just come back from a trip to Croatia and Italy. The past few days in Italy particularly have been marked by a very strong heat wave. When we had to travel from Croatia to Italy, our flight was very early in the morning, so we saw ourselves having to wake up at 5-ish to be able to catch a bus to the airport at 6. To our surprise, as we walked down the streets of Croatia, the temperatures were pleasant and it was bright already since it is summertime in Europe. A light bulb moment hit me. Why not beat the heat hours? I am also currently pregnant about six months, so walking in such extreme heat would not make for a very pleasant experience. We decided that for each city, we would take one morning, wake up early about 6.30, and go out straight, no breakfast, just put some clothes on and walk about in the main places we had identified we wanted to cover. We were out and about from 6.45 until 10 a.m. and back in the hotel for a delicious breakfast and rest. We went for a late lunch and back again to rest until it became possible to go out again. Others could also couple the afternoon with an indoor activity like a museum. As a bonus, there was almost no one in the streets, which made for some amazing pictures. That tip might not be for everyone and would work mostly in summertime. I must add that I am not an early bird, but I wanted to feel comfortable walking and I knew I could rest later in the day. Yes, I would not think of getting up at six in the morning and walking around Croatia, but I love this idea. Well, and if a lot of what you want to see of a city is you want to just look at the architecture and walk through the streets, then this is great. Now, if you want to go to stores and stuff, it's not good. But I think I can imagine that for a lot of people, just doing something very early in the day might really, uh, you'd beat the heat, you'd beat the crowds, you, there would be no traffic or less traffic or traffic in different places. Yes. So it's just something to think about. There's also just like a certain thing about seeing a city wake up for the yes. day, like the the store owners yes. coming out, the cafes opening up. I love that in New York and yeah. Manhattan. I love walking around like as things open up for the day. So that has a certain pleasure in and of itself in terms of sort of getting to know the culture of a place. Right. Or seeing people going to work or all the school children going to school. Yes. Like you're right. It's a different way of, of participating in the life of a city. So it's a great, great idea to think about. So thank you, Amanda. Yes. And now for a know yourself better question. Okay, right. We're coming up on hashtag happier Labor Day. We're thinking about productivity. And so this is the know yourself better question of what kind of procrastinator are you? When you are inclined to procrastinate, mm. what do you do with that time? There, there are many kinds. Many, many kinds. Yes. So in my book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, which is all about creating outer order, I wrote about one kind of procrastinator, which I sometimes am, 
which is the procrasticlearer or somebody who does procrasticlearing. This is when you're like, yes. I can't sit down to work in such a messy office, so I have to reorganize my shelves. This is not like the five minute, I'm going to put the pens back in the pen cup. This is like, I need to rearrange the furniture. Yes, the garage. I need to get to that garage. Yes. Yeah. Right. I just saw on Twitter last night, a writer said, you know, I have to write a scene. Therefore, my toilet has never been so clean. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's one thing. Now, Gretchen, you have a interesting, very probably unusual procrastination method, which is procrastinating. Yes. Uh, I'd be curious to know if other people have this. So I have projects that I, I use when I'm playing hooky. So I have my main thing, which is my day job project. Like right now I'm writing a book about the five senses, but then I'll also have things that I'm working on for fun on the side that are sort of unofficial. So I'm working on my color pilgrimage. I'm working on my book of aphorisms. I'm, I'm working on a book that's called Scientific Oracle. And some of these will eventually turn into things like Outer Order, Inner Calm started out as a hooky book. I, I would procrastinate right. from the Four Tendencies book with that book. So in the end, it can be useful and, it, and it's certainly fun and stimulates my creativity so I don't begrudge the time. But there are some times where I'm like, okay, I really want to work on the book of aphorisms, but I can't do that right now because I got to work on like my main project and I'm really just procrastinating from something that I don't feel like doing because it's more fun to work on my hooky book. So that's procrastinating. And I think what I do is procrastinating, which oh, I think yeah. a lot of other people do. Oh, yeah. That's like, oh, I'm just going to watch one episode yeah. of something and then I'm really going to buckle down. Like then I'm going to nose to the grindstone and then you like end up binging an entire season yeah. of something yeah, I'm planning to start writing at 10 a.m. and then it's like 6 p.m. And I'm like, oh, well, I saw a whole season of, you know, <laughs> something, but I haven't written a word. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that or listening to podcasts also. Yeah. Procrastinate listening. Yeah. Well, and adjacent to those is procrastinate scrolling, which is when, and I think it's even easier to get sort of sucked in and not realize how much yes. time is passing because you're like, scroll, scroll, scroll. And you're just going, I'll just do a few more. And you have that intermittent reinforcement where sometimes something will be really compelling and then you just keep going. Yes. And that can also lead to like, if I'm procrastinating scrolling, which I definitely am guilty of, I might see something and then say, oh, I should talk, you know, Sarah needs to know about this. Yes. And then I call Sarah and then I drag her into it and she'll do the same. I um, mean, that's a half hour conversation. So yeah. that is probably, I would think right now, yeah. the most common thing is the the scrolling. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of us do yeah. that. And then Gretchen, you had another really interesting procrastinating thing. Yeah. This one is a little harder to describe. And if anybody has a better name for it, I would love to hear it. But I would call this procrastinating. And procrastinating is a little bit more abstract, and it's when you put off doing something because you're waiting for someone else, someone who's going to tell you to go ahead or someone who's going to encourage you or guide you. So you might be saying, well, I'm going to start this once I get a mentor, or I, I can't start until I have a champion, or I need to wait for someone to invite me to do this or to give me permission to do this or for someone to say like, oh, now go ahead or encourage me like, oh, yes, you should go ahead and do that. And so, so in a way you're, you're saying, well, I can't start until somebody else gives me the green light. And the fact is, 
they may not do that. No right. one may may do that. They may not know that you're waiting for that. They may not see that as their role. This may just be a hope in your mind that such a person would appear. <laughs> so it's a form of procrastinating because you're not saying, oh, I think I ne- I just need to get this started under my own power. Well, the reason I'm so glad you named this is because I think a lot of people are in this state and probably don't realize they're procrastinating. So that's why I'm really glad you brought it up because once you said it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so true. But I don't know if I would have immediately thought being in that state that I was procrastinating if I were in that state. So I think this is a good one to examine yourself and see if you might be doing this. No, I think you're exactly right that this might be one of these ideas that is running almost under the surface. Yeah. And this is a very, you really want you might want to surface these kinds of assumptions because they can really direct your behavior in a way that you wouldn't consciously intend, but you're just acting on an unspoken assumption. Now, I think one type of procrastination that people are very well aware of and that's very visible is procrastinating. This is when you're t- you're yes. playing video games or games on your phone and that becomes your procrastination technique. That's very common and very obvious. Yeah, Gretch, we all remember um, with our delete a soul-sucking app yes. when I deleted Candy Crush. I will twice. say now I play twice. two do- I know twice and now I play two dots and I should delete it, but I haven't. Maybe at the end of the summer. But this is why Wordle was so good for you is because it's self-limiting. Yes. Yeah. One game a day and I play it every day. Right, right. And then a final kind of procrastination is is procrastinating. So this is when you claim that you can't start. So you're like, well, and, Ah. and there's sort of certain rules apply. Like, well, I can't start that on a Tuesday or I can't begin mid-month. Or one thing that I found myself procrastinating about is because I'm such a morning person, I would say to myself, well, I can't work on that because that's very demanding Mm. and I can't do demanding work after lunch. Of course I can do demanding work after lunch. It might take a little bit more out of me or I might need to make more of an effort to get in the zone. But just sort of saying like, well, I have to wait for perfect conditions or I I mean, of course, sometimes things really are not possible, they are not ripe, or you can't do it. But I think sometimes, again, these unspoken assumptions, like, well, there's no point in starting this until X, Y, Z. Every day counts as Examine that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, as always, Gretch, it's just good if we look at ourselves and see what are we doing, and if we know what we're doing that we don't want to be doing, we can counteract it and go in another direction. So yeah. this is fun. I really want to be a procrastinator cleaner, by the way. That's what I, that's my goal in life. But here's the thing to remember about procrastinating, clearing, procrastinating, creating some of these forms of procrastination. All of these activities can be good. They can be a relief. They can give you a little respite. That can be good. Some of these forms, you're actually getting other things done, like you're getting your house clean or you're getting your office organized or you're working on a creative project. But the fact is working is one of the most dangerous forms of procrastination. And the fact that you're being productive in one way isn't helpful if it's taking you away from something that's a higher priority. So it's fine if you have time for both. 
but sometimes it starts getting in the way. Like you're like, yes. I have to clean out my basement until I can write the annual report, but the basement's going to take two months and the annual report is due on Friday. It's like, right, this is a problem. It, yeah, it's a problem. So let us know what kind of procrastinator you are. If you have clever terms for it, we love a clever term, new forms that we haven't thought of. I think this is a really helpful know yourself better question, Elizabeth. Yes. Like I'm just thinking, we haven't even thought of the shopping one. I know a lot of people who procrastinate with online shopping. I guess that goes with scrolling. Yeah, I think it's scrolling adjacent. Scrolling adjacent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, Gretch, it is time for a listener question. Yes. And this week's question comes from Elliot, and it is about the four tendencies, appropriately enough. Yes. He says, my wife and I absolutely love your podcast and every single one of your books. It's been revelatory for making our lives happier. Thank you, Elliot. I recently, I recently took your quiz and found I was a rebel. This helped explain many of my previous struggles with academic studies and with previous employers. My question is, how can I tell a new boss or supervisor about my tendency so they can best work with me as an employee? I don't want to feel as if I'm coming across as presumptive or rude, though. I feel that being understood as a rebel will significantly help my job performance. As a side note, I work in architectural drafting, which requires a very high level of detail orientation and production level expectations. So, I mean, perfect question, um, Gretch. What should this rebel do? Well, I, first of all, I think it's a great idea to try to communicate with your, your supervisor, your manager, or your coworkers about how you work best. Because yes. obviously it's to everybody's benefit if everyone tries to help everyone else get the kind of environment where they can thrive. But on the other hand, you don't want to seem too demanding that everything has to yes. be done your way. So I think the way that I would do it is I would frame it as I want to do my best work for you. And and so I'm just going to explain how I do my best work. So you might say something like, you know, I find that I do my best work when I work independently. I don't do so well when I feel like I'm being very closely managed. But when I'm just allowed to do my work in my way, that's when I really I can really get it done at the highest level. And I think maybe you should also add, like, keep me apprised of how that's working for you. So that you're not just laying it out, but you're also allowing the person to give you feedback, which as we know, you know, rebels may not do great with that, but I think you have to allow for that with a supervisor, especially. Well, and I think also what that shows is if it's not working out, we can fix it. But then the implication is if it is working out, we can continue it. So I think that serves the rebel. The other thing I I think also about setting expectations is you might say something like, look, I want you to know that I pride myself on doing excellent work. I always come through. But even if my way seems unconventional and might surprise you, rest assured, I have the chops to get this done. Because if you say, like, focus on performance, it will keep them focused on performance and kind of prepare them for the fact that you might work in an unconventional way, which not all rebels do, but a lot of rebels will work in an unconventional way. Like, they might vanish. They might work all night. They often just want to do their work in their own way, and they kind of like doing it in a way that's different from the way other people do. So again, it's just telling them to expect it, but to say, you don't need to worry about it because I'm going to come through get them focused on how great your performance is. 
And also this idea of like, I do my work in my way. That's how I do best. And also as a rebel, you always want to remind yourself you're doing this because this is your identity. You're outstanding at your job. You want to impress people with how well you can do. You want to be reliable. Like whatever your identity is as to work, you want to remind yourself this is what you want. So sometimes you can get that feeling with the people who are telling you what to do, like, oh, I want to resist them. Just as much as you can stay focused on your own aims for yourself and the kind of identity you want to put out into the world. And that tends to be make it easier for rebels. Yes. So and from the supervisor's point of view, you don't know what tendency they are or how they encounter the world. So I do think it can reduce their anxiety for sure to know that this is how you work, which is exactly what he's saying. That's why he wants it to be known. So I think it's great that Elliot's being proactive and communicating, because as we all know, when we communicate, things tend to go more smoothly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Great question, Elliot. Yes. Okay, coming up, Gretchen has a repeat demerit, but first this break. Gretchen, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And happier listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars. And this week, it's your turn for a demerit. What happened? Okay, it's a repeat demerit. We were in Montana, family vacation, and I just didn't take enough photos. Mm. I just sort of forgot about it. I took maybe 10 photographs. And I really like to use photographs as a family diary. So I wish I had done much more of like this, 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 instead of just general shots. And so there you go. 
Well, yes, we all have been guilty of this particular yeah. demerit. And we, we always swear next time I'll take a million photos and then it happens again. But you did take some great photos. Yeah. So that's good. And what I'm going to do is I'm ask Eliza and Eleanor to send me their photos. And so oh, I can supplement that. But they tend to take pictures of like eight right. pictures Scenery. of a frog. You know, I'm like, eh, I don't really right. need that. Yeah. Yeah. So Alyssa, take us up. What's your gold star? Well, Gretch, I am giving myself a gold star this week because you will remember that I was embarking on my Design Your Summer, Summer of Health, yes. and I kicked it off by getting my first shingles vaccine. Yay. It's a two-dose vaccine. And I just got my second dose. Yay. So I am done with the shingles vaccine. PSA, I've heard from many people who've had shingles that it's something you absolutely don't want to get. So... If you're eligible, do get the vaccine because you do not want to get shingles. Well, you know, I'm glad that you gave yourself this gold star because I need to pester Jamie to get his vaccine because he hasn't had uh -huh. the shingles vaccine. And yeah, I mean, and he knows it. He's He, he knows that he does not want to get shingles. Yes. <laughs> but it's just one of these things where you, you sort of have to get around to it. And so I'm going like, yes. to put a post-it note in the kitchen or something. Yes. So I did that. Okay. Well, Gold Star Summer of Health, you're crossing things off your list. That's excellent. Yes. So the resources for this week, do you want to get more tips and strategies for happiness and good habits in your inbox? If you do, you can sign up for the bi-weekly newsletter for tips and hacks at happiercast.com slash preferences. We're adding a brand new feature to these emails this month. So sign up now if you want to check that out. Also, remember, if you would like free personalized signed book plates for yourself or to put in books as gifts, if you want to make a book more special, you can just email me, email me at podcast at GretchenRubin.com, and I will send those off. Now, I can only send these to U.S. and Canada. I'm sorry, because of mailing costs. And I do need your mailing address. These are actual physical things that I will send in the mail to you. So I need your physical mailing address and the names of the people that you would like to have a book plate for. It doesn't matter what book it's for because it's, it doesn't say what book it's for. You don't have to include that. But the names of the people, how many you want, and the mailing address, and I will send those off. What are we reading? Elizabeth, what are you reading? I am reading The Westing Game by Ellen Raskin. Oh, I love yes. that Rereading, I should say. Yes. What are you reading? I just started One Fine Day by Molly Panter Downs. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Give your memory a break. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter, at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend, rate, review, and follow us. That really helps other people to discover the show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. employers. My question is, sorry, I have to yawn. I always yawn after I hike. Okay. Sorry. From the Onward Project.
If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.